0: Thank you for being with us. It is a fireside chat. Kevin, I'm going to steal this stool from right behind you. All right, thank you. Thank you for all the things that you've been doing and involved in in our community this week. The theme of last week was God with us, and we keep the promise of Christmas by being with others. We step up and we are the hands and feet, God tells us. So we are standing with our Oxford community. I want to thank you personally real quickly. <laughs> there are decades when nothing happens and there are weeks when decades happen. This has been a week, amen? It's been a week. Your prayers for us, we traveled to eastern Pennsylvania and back in two days. What a, what a whirlwind. Eight and a half hour drive there, eight and a half hour drive back. But so important for me to be there with my friends, family, and all the people who serve with Mel. It was a true blessing to serve in that capacity. And again, I want to reiterate what I said. I thank you to our, our wonderful church staff here. Nothing stopped. It's wonderful when the pastor leaves and nothing stops. Probably things got better. I don't know. Uh, there is talk about making Melissa the lead pastor of the church now. She She's a dynamo, and she's been wonderful. But it's great uh, to be at a church where, you know, love is what we're doing right now. Last week I mentioned, and, and and I want you to know... Uh, I have to just tell you, in my message, I, I mentioned that Julie and I hadn't had time to get a Christmas tree, and I, I was trying to make sure the audience knows, if you don't want to do Christmas, if you don't feel like decorating this year, it's okay. It's a normal, and it's not bad, you're not doing anything wrong. I was just trying to make the point that it's okay. Well, by being that, by giving that illustration, I ended up with about five Christmas trees, uh, uh, only one only one came people were calling and telling me we're coming We're gonna do this and i'm like somebody already did it Well, somebody had told me right after church. We're bringing a christmas tree to you and they knew me very well And they knew that I love christmas a little bit too much and I love lots of lights And so when they went out they kept saying this one's not big enough and they kept going through the whole lot. This one's not big enough And you know how trees are always bigger when you bring them inside <laughs> The tree that these people brought to my house is Mammoth. It literally is half the size of our room. It goes over the couch. It's, it is National Lampoon's Christmas. It's wonderful. And I am just so overly blessed and great, grateful for a church. Thank you. Didn't need that. We weren't needing that, but it sure was a blessing. And all the people who brought food this week, to other people in our family, uh, thank you. Just your kindness, your kindness is, is overwhelming. So what are we doing? Making sure you're keeping up with what's happening. Last night we had, uh, the women had their annual Christmas get-together, and they usually make it a brunch, but this year it was in the evening. And uh, what a wonderful thing that they did. They pivoted their whole thought uh, and changed it from what they were planning on doing to helping us get ready to bless the Oxford, Oxford High School staff. And uh, that's been quite an incredible thing to see what God has done And I'm so thankful for Melissa. Melissa Hall has done so much work organizing what goes in these gift bags, and they're good. They're really good gift bags, but as a church, you need to know that uh, an individual from our church came to me and gave me an $8,000 check to help toward that. And then uh, Ben's mom works for a company, president of a company, medical company, uh, south of here. They're, you know, they're, they're Ann arbor arborish, they're, they're way over on that side of the state. And uh, they donated a $10,000 gift toward this gift bag project. Amen. You can clap to that. That's okay. That's okay. We're thankful for that. Uh, And so you might understand pastors panic when when we receive two large gifts toward one project. I I take it very seriously that if we ask for money, that we only use that money for what you give it for. And so uh, we pivoted really quickly, and uh, starting Saturday, all of the money that is coming in... Uh, We're earmarking it for Oakwood Cares. Let me explain why. If you gave money before Saturday, it will be used for the gift bags. We will use it for that. We we at Oakwood never say, well, we got all this money, let's just use it for this. No, no. If that's what you gave it for, that's all we will use it for. So two things happened. Because of the big gifts and our gifts, our giving at Oakwood, uh, we went from just blessing the teachers and administrators, uh, 150 people, to expanding it to everybody who works at the high school. 216 now. And the bags are valued somewhere over $80, around $80 mark. I did the math last night. That's just, it's a lot of money. And uh, if you do 216 times 80, uh, you'll, you'll get basically an idea of where we're at on that. And so... Uh, Just so we're clear on all that, if the money was given toward bags, we will put it toward the bags. But from now on, uh, we're asking for your giving and donations to go to Oakwood Cares because it's Oakwood Cares Fund that then does everything else. We're able to write checks to, like, uh, the Sinorama Company and to uh, Firmly Rooted to help them in their ministry. And we're able to do other things where families. And there'll be something coming as a church that we'll know in two weeks or so where money is actually needed. And so we, we really want the Oakwood Cares Fund to be... Uh, Fully funded as best we can. I hope you understand that pivot. And if you have any questions or concerns, please come talk to us. But we want to be above board with finances. We're going to bless all the staff at the high school. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a wonderful blessing to them. And uh, it's been a blessing to us. If you're visiting with us for the first time today, we normally hand out... Uh, coffee mugs oakwood coffee mugs we couldn't today because they're all gone we put them in the gift bags Uh, 216 oakwood mugs with cocoa as part of what is in the gift bags and so we reordered mugs they'll be here in january sometime so if you're new today you just have to keep coming and we will give you a coffee mug as soon as they get here but we do want to get to know you last week our, our first service and second service was full and we, we didn't get any names. We didn't get one person to let us know that they were visiting with us. We understand sometimes you want to keep that private. But we sure want to make sure we're doing our best to love on you and care for you. So if you are visiting with us, please, please, by all means, let us know who you are. And uh, you'll get a little note from me in the mail and a Starbucks gift card. We don't sell your information to nobody. Uh, it's just for our own benefit to encourage you as, as a church. So the last thing you might notice stuff in the back of the worship center that's not part of the decoration uh that is uh so the week we pivoted the women were going to have all these vendors come with their crafts and they were going to sell them to the women when we pivoted i told melissa we can't bail on those they made stuff specifically for that just buy it all so (laughs) we just bought it all the church bought all of their stuff we thought it was the only right thing to do bless them and then we have all this stuff and uh, we don't want it. And uh, we, uh, we went through and if there was something that we thought made sense for the 216 gift bags, we used that. But if not, we just decided what we're going to do is um, get it gone. And so what we're saying today is if you want anything back there, if you go through and just look at the tables, if there's something you like, take it and give a donation there's baskets all around the little wicker don't take the baskets by the way the little wicker baskets yeah we don't want to take in those uh put money in that and let me tell you what that's for the women's ministry paid for all of the stuff so all the money that comes in will go back to reimburse the women's ministry that's not for the gift bags it's not for the oakwood cares that's simply an in and out money thing to take care of that i thought it was the right thing to do and god has certainly blessed us abundantly uh, with, with your love and kindness. Next week, you saw the thing come up on the screen, next week is the Oakwood Cares offering, but it is open online, and if you wanted to be a part of what Oakwood's doing to make a part in our community, give to Oakwood Cares. You can go to the giving section, drop down tab, Oakwood Cares. We removed the Oxford High School gift bag because we, we don't want to take any more money in and be stuck with, oh no, we, we got a problem, so we don't want to have a problem, but we sure love you're giving and we will be making a difference ongoing in our community. Let's have a word of prayer and uh, let's pray for our community. Let's pray for our administration and teachers. Can I just add a word as your pastor? I said this last week. I'm going to keep saying it. There's lots and lots of words out there. People are saying things online. People are making comments. Um, And honestly and and sincerely, we don't need any more comments. Uh, You might have an opinion one way or another. I'm not telling you what opinion to have about anything, but we don't need to hear it anymore. Our community needs to heal, not hear people's opinions about things. Let everything take its course, but I'm going to let you know as your pastor, I support 100% our administration and leaders at the high school and the actions that they had to take. And I stand behind them firmly in that and support them in that. So, um, amen to that. And I encourage you, again, instead of buckets and buckets of words, we need buckets and buckets of love. Just be with. With. Everybody say with. With. I started the hashtag. I'm hip and cool, man. I started the hashtag with Oxford. With is all capitalized. Ben told me how to do it. And, uh, Use that. If you're doing anything positive, use the hashtag with Oxford, because that's God was with us. He is with us. We're with people. Amen. Let's pray ourselves into our message today. Would you pray this prayer? You don't have to say it out loud, but would you say, God, if there's or since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give God that prayer. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to. To listen. and God, may you be glorified. May all the people hearing this message be edified and may Satan be horrified. I pray it in Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to show you a little bumper video so I can get myself prepared. Of a star. Don't worry about the numbers again. That was supposed to be the first message, and we rearranged things last week. I hope you understood how important that was to hear in our community. God with us, Emmanuel. So we're going to do the first message of this series now: the wonder of a star. Matthew two one through twelve tells the story. You can open or turn a gadget on and meet me there in Matthew chapter two one through twelve. The wonder. Let me read that whole thing with you and for you this morning. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother married, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. The wonder of a star. The key verse there. Is When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Of course, we're speaking there of the Magi. Not everybody was overjoyed. The Bible tells us that Herod, King Herod, was disturbed. He was not overjoyed. And we'll talk about that this morning. I don't want to get too geeky with you, but I am a Bible geek and I'm a Christmas nerd. And and, uh, there's been decades and decades of discussion and debate on this... I'm of the camp that the Magi did not get there uh, when Jesus was an infant in the manger on the first or second night. I'm of the nature of thinking, uh, looking at the text of Luke and looking at the text of Matthew. We get kind of a timeline. And I know your crush, your manger scene, I understand your, your, your wise men are there at the scene with the shepherds. And that's okay, You know, when I come to your house, I would appreciate it if you'd move the wise men to the other side of the room because they're not there yet. They're coming. The Bible says they saw the star. The star appeared when Jesus was born, and that's the moment that the Magi got together and started planning. They got a long journey, and it takes time. There's no way they got there when the shepherds were there and, and at the early days. So, but you don't have to agree with me. Again, this is just geeky Bible teacher stuff that I love. Um, if you want to pick a timeline to see and understand this, from Matthew and Luke, we know that Jesus is born. He's named and circumcised on the eighth day. Which, by the way, is such a cool thing. You know, God instructed the people in the old days to circumcise their boys on the eighth day. Doctors now know that an infant starts to have blood cut; uh, their blood would uh, clot, uh, would stop bleeding. Uh, It takes until the eighth day. If, If something happens to them before the eighth day, they're not quite ready to stop bleeding. But God knew that, and he told people in the Old Testament, on the eighth day, you can circumcise them and name them. So that's what happened with Jesus. And then we learn from the story that he went to the temple. He was dedicated at the temple on the 40-day or around 40-day mark. And then we don't know for sure. You're not a bad person if you don't believe any of this is true. You're not a good person if you believe any of this is true. But we think that it was about somewhere around the age of two that the wise men finally showed up, The, the magi from the east, these Uh, Teacher priests is what they were. Uh, It took some time to get there. They ended up going to Jerusalem first and had the whole thing with Herod. By the time he shows up, by the way, the Bible does say the child, not the baby, the child. And it does say in the house, not the manger. We know that Jesus wasn't in, remember, because there was no room in the inn. So he was in the out. And so now he's in the inn. He's inside the house when the wise men show up. A lot of those things are confusing. Uh, Needless to say, my wise men are on the other side of the room. They're still coming. They just got word. They got the star. They're headed there. And then we find out that they still don't go back to Nazareth because the Bible tells us that Jesus, they went from Bethlehem down into Africa, the north of Africa, uh, to flee because of Herod. And Herod was killing all babies. And how old? two years old and younger another sign that this was a while into the story that the wise men showed up i believe that they got going on the night that jesus was born because the star appeared and, and and friends i don't know i don't know about that i'm not science guy um there's been speculation it was a supernova there's speculation it was jupiter There's speculation it was a special constellation of and and i have no problem with a God that creates all things with the word can make a star show up and he can make it disappear and come back again. And so I don't have to find uh, in, in ancient lore. In 5 BC there was a supernova and so a lot of people think maybe, you know, don't worry about it. God's big enough to take care of it. He provided a star and the wise men, the magi, saw it and knew the Old Testament and they knew it was prophesied. And so they began their journey. And again, was there three wise men? The Bible never says that. The Bible simply says the wise men from the east came and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we've, we thought since they had three gifts, there was three of them. There could have been 12 of them, and they, they, they brought three gifts. There could have been two of them, and they brought three gifts. We don't know, and it doesn't matter. And if you like the wise men in your crush scene, keep it there. You're okay. Okay. Are we good? All right. This is during the time of the Roman Empire. Caesar ruled the world. Not the Caesar on all the betting apps that we've got right now on TV. The Caesar. The Caesar ruled the world, the Roman Empire. But he had people in place. And in Jerusalem, he had Herod the Great. Herod the Great controlled Israel. He's called great not because he was great. He was awful. Everybody hated him. Especially his family who he killed. (laughs) They weren't fond of him very much. Uh, He was a power maniac. He was called the Great because he had great power and he had great massive building projects. He's known as Herod the Great. And so why did God provide a star? We have the star every Christmas above the stage. And it's just a reminder that God miraculously provided... A light. Only those who were willing to see saw it for what it was. I don't believe Herod even saw the star. I don't think he's looking anywhere else but himself. But in Babylonia, Persia area, way in the east, these magi, these teacher priests, knew that it was something. And God provided it for them. The star was a gift from the heart of God to some magi who longed to see and worship the king of Jews, Jesus Christ. The wonder of a star. Why did God put that there? Well, because the Old Testament pointed toward that would happen. And God provided this star because some people far away wanted to find Jesus. And they journeyed. They were looking for him. What do I need today? God, what do I need? Number one, give me eyes to see. Give me eyes to see. Do you have eyes to see this morning? It's a dark world. And we're living in a time and in a location where darkness seems to have won. But it hasn't. For those with eyes to see, God never leaves us In complete darkness. In a dark time in history where Caesar ruled the world with power and King Herod was awful. And it seemed dark and bleak and no hope. God provided a star. A light. And God has been providing light in our community throughout this tragedy. For those with eyes to see, you can see the work of God. God with us. I believe miraculous things took place to minimize the number of students who were killed and injured in this attack. I believe that's true from what I've heard. I believe God did some incredible things to save lives. I'm going to share one of those stories this morning. We shared Heidi's story last week. I believe God was... With us and with the students. But can I say carefully as your pastor. I know that does not solve the issue. Because where was God for the four? I understand the thought. I know the heart of that thought. Why didn't God just stop all of this? And I'm going to tell you as your pastor. I'm not going to give you some soft answer to that. From what I know God never promises us to keep all evil away. He promises to limit evil. Scripture tells us that he is holding back evil at this time, and there's coming a time when he's going to say enough is enough, and he's going to come and take us home. Until that time, he does not stop all evil, but he does hold it back. I know that doesn't help any of you with where was God for the four. There's four families that hear God with us, and they say, well, where was he? And I know that that's true. But I want you to know today, he never promised to stop evil, but he did promise to hold it back. And I've seen him doing that throughout this whole thing. I've seen light show up in this darkness. I don't know if you've experienced it before, but everywhere you go in town, everybody is loving and caring with people everybody's paying bills. You can barely drive through McDonald's. You end up having to pay for the guy behind you because somebody's paid it for you. And you're like, yeah, I just had a coffee. They've got five Happy Meals. And you, but we don't care. I don't know about you. I don't care. Everybody's just paying it forward because everybody wants to be part of the light. There is so much darkness that happened, but there's so much light that's taken place. I mentioned the, the teens showing up at Myers and, and buying flowers for the memorial, and, and they're not letting them pay for those. They're paid for already. Over and over again, we're seeing acts of love and kindness, and when acts of love and kindness are done, it's the light of God. And our community needs that right now. I implore you to continue showing acts of love. Be with our community. That's the only way they'll ever understand that God is with us when we're with them. Give me eyes to see. It's with permission that I read this letter to you. After my message last week about God with us, I received this from somebody here in our church and I got permission to read it and I want you to hear it today and hear for the things you might not have known that God was doing to hold back evil and its effects. I'm the trauma program manager at McLaren-Lapeer, which means it's my job to ensure we always have the service lines in place to handle the most critical injured patients with the best, most expedient, and optimal care possible. I see and review the worst of the worst injuries every single day and improve internal processes and preparations for moments like what happened last Tuesday. We are always ready for anything. However, being a smaller trauma center in a more remote part of Michigan, we don't have every specialty surgeon in our building 24-7 as do most trauma centers in southeast Michigan. We have to call them in when we need them. As I received a phone call about OHS, I ran down the hallways to notify my trauma surgery team and ER crew of what I just heard. I was acutely aware that we were the most closest trauma center and we would likely receive a number of children. I also was quickly reminded the hospital is overflowing with COVID patients and not enough nursing staff as it is. Every single room was full. I don't even know how it happened. It's all a blur, but somehow we managed to clear out the trauma bays before we received our first victim i turned around and saw an army of people ready to jump in standing outside the room amongst the mess two of our trauma surgeons though we only had one on call our neurosurgeon orthopedic trauma surgeon ent facial plastic surgeon and it was our new cardiothoracic surgeon's first day with us after having the vacancy for ro- in that role for 3 months as our first victim presented with a critical face and chest injury, we had the people we needed in the building before we placed a call to them. On a good day, this does not happen. It was clearly Jesus. This young victim needed the cardiothoracic, thor- I can't say the word, cardiothoracic surgeon immediately or her outcome may have been very different. It's not lost on me that he happened to be present and available exactly when he was needed to save a life. I can't help but to wonder if this young lady is the same one whom our Heidi prayed for as our victim was impossibly calm and even thanked us despite her life hanging in a balance. Everyone present in the ER that day said the same thing. Where did all these people come from and how did every surgeon we could have ever happened to, to need be here? I know the answer. It's certainly not a coincidence. It was undeniably divine. Our Emmanuel. I will always have a picture frozen in my mind that moment I knew he was with us that day. He provided the tools needed to ward off darkness. Do you have eyes to see? God with us, even in the darkest of times. I want to recap one paragraph everyone present in the ER that day has said the same thing where did all those people come from and how did every surgeon we could have needed happen to be there I know the answer it's certainly not a coincidence it was undeniably divine our Emmanuel God with us do you have eyes to see as we're dealing with a darkness and a heaviness we get to be the light (laughs) We get to be that shining star to point people in the right direction. And I believe God has been there. I believe God was there for three, or how many ever wise men in the east as they wanted to find this new king of the Jews. He provided a star. The wonder of a star. Give me eyes to see. Grant me wisdom to search for more. Give me wisdom to search for more. Herod was blinded by all he had, unable and unwilling to see more. The wise men knew that there was something more. That's why we call them wise. They were far away, but realized they didn't have everything that they needed, and so they were searching for more. For us today, we are either searching for the more that is out there in life, or we're very content with what we have. And the two characters in this story, uh, Herod and the, the wise men, the magi, the wise men wanted more. Herod thought he had it all. And he was unwilling to search for more. When he heard about this star and heard that it pointed toward the new king of the Jews, that meant his throne was in danger. He immediately went into preservation mode. He immediately said, I don't want more. I have everything, wealth, wealth power prestige and he was unwilling to search for more i think we we have the same dilemma today in our lives and this christmas this star ought to encourage you to consider are you searching for more than what this world offers or are you content with having what you have honestly herod realized he would have to give up his throne and his crown he was unwilling to give up his throne and crown to this new king of the jews his plan instead was to have every jewish two-year-old and under murdered terrible darkness and yet the wise men came saying we obviously have wealth the gifts pointed to the fact that they were wealthy they had much but their actions pointed to a search for more let me ask you this morning are you searching for more than what this life has to offer Uh, This life can bring you wealth and it can bring prestige, It it can bring joy, it can bring lots of things. But let me ask you this morning, have you looked for something more than what this life has to offer? This week, Julie and I traveled to eastern Pennsylvania to say the final farewell to Mel. Mel was only 67, way too young, way too young. He'd been struggling for over a year and a half with uh, lung issues, nothing to do with COVID, uh, infections, and it wouldn't go away, it wouldn't go away. And he finally succumbed to that. Being there reminds me of a couple of things. It was a joy to be a part of that service and talk about Mel because Mel searched for something more. (laughs) At five years old, he asked Jesus to come into his life and save him from his sins. And then later on, he gave his life to God. And Mel is an author of over six books. He's traveled around the world. He's spoken places. He's taught many youth pastors, like young youth pastor brats like me. We, We grew up learning from Mel. He dedicated his whole life to serving God. He searched for more. And can I just tell you that Mel had the joy of the Lord in him. He might not have had wealth, he might not have had things, but Mel was satisfied in God. He was not satisfied with the church, he wanted us to do better. Mel's whole thing gave up his whole life for the one verse in scripture that says that the next generation would know. And he would tell us youth pastors that all the time. Your job is to make sure that the next generation knows Jesus. And he gave his life up for that. And it was a worthy calling. He died at 67. Makes you start thinking, Lord, if you took me now, what what would my life be worth? I think the star makes us all ask the question have I searched for something more? Give me wisdom, God, to not be satisfied with this life. Give me wisdom to look for God and to have God in my life. Augustine said, thou hast made us for thyself, and restless is our heart until it comes to rest in thee. Have you found your peace with God? That's a a cliche statement that people have used for a long time, but it's a great question. Have you made your peace with God? I've been in many a hospital rooms asking that question over somebody who was in peril. Have you made your peace with God? Can I ask you this morning, there's no reason to wait for that hospital bed moment. There's no reason to wait. We learned this week that at any time, it could be our time. Have you made your peace with God? Give me eyes to see. Give me wisdom to search for something more. And then third... Grow in me the courage to follow. Grow in me the courage to follow. The Magi had the courage to pack up and to get those camels going and put all the stuff on it, take a lot of wealth, and start heading toward Jerusalem. And then they rerouted to Bethlehem. And then they rerouted back home another way, so Herod wouldn't find them. They had the courage to do what it takes to follow the star. Do you have the courage to To stay with it. I find it interesting that Mel's latest book was called Going On For God. He wanted us to be reminded that the greatest thing you could do is keep going on for God. Don't stop. Don't just say a prayer and accept salvation and then that's it. Go on for God. Find a deeper longing. Find a deeper joy in life. By having eyes to see. Wisdom to search for more. And courage to step with Jesus the wise men had the courage Herod had no courage Herod was self-focused he didn't have courage to follow he wanted to destroy Jesus but then there's another party in this story it's Mary and Joseph can you imagine the courage it took for a teenage girl Can you imagine the courage it took for a a fiancé, husband, who had this incredible news that she was pregnant? I want to read with you Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and, and hear the courage here. Matthew 1, 18 through 25, it should be on the screen. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary, which pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she, found, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. The positive way of saying that was be of great courage to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And I remind you that this is a quote from the verse I shared last week. And Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until after she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Hashua, Jesus. The courage of a teenage girl to say yes. The courage of a young man to say yes. All to follow Jesus. Can I ask you today, do you have eyes to see where God is already acting? Do you have eyes? wisdom to search for more and do you have courage to keep going on for God the wonder of a star points us toward these things it points us to one last thing today I want to read this before I move on to the last point we don't know what went through Mary and Joseph's minds We do not know that the Lord gave them the courage. We do know that the Lord gave them the courage they needed to participate in the grand plan that would change the world forever. I'm thankful for those who've gone on for God throughout their lives. I'm thankful for Mel today. I'm thankful for his example of following God and leading and pushing us not to forget our young people. I'm thankful for a Mary and a Joseph. Who had the courage to continue to follow. Courage to push through with the plan. And what a plan. I mean, unbelievable. Hard. Difficult. Challenging. Humble. Talk about the humility you had to have. The Courage to follow. Everybody say courage. It takes courage to go on for God. It takes courage to know that there's something more than this life. It takes courage sometimes to have the eyes to see the good amidst all the bad. But God always provides a light in the darkness. He never allows darkness to win. Because you know what? When there's a light, darkness must flee. Do you understand that part of science? Jeff, are you with me? Jeff, is it true that when light appears, darkness has to fall? Doesn't it? When a light shows up, darkness flees. And you might say, but pastor, I'm barely lit, man. I'm just barely, I got a little flame, but that's all right. That's all right. God put together a body. So you go out there this week and you go to a coffee shop and you buy somebody some coffee and you put an arm around somebody. Or you go to Meyers like I was last week and the lady melts down. She's just shopping in the aisle by herself and she just melts down in tears. And you pick her up and hug her and say, we're going to do this together. And you say, but that's just a little light. And I'm reminded of that, that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh no. <laughs> it's a great song, but I'm telling you, it has the wrong mentality. We always have the mentality about me. And, and what I'm doing in my light. And and God's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, sweetie, but you're not my only light. You know, this little white of mine, don't let Satan, oh. We get, we get depressed. And the song actually is depressing. Like, our, our, if our light gets hidden, it's gone. If Satan blows it out, it's gone. Listen, I'm sorry. You need to go out and be a light, but you're part of a lot of lights. God's got an army of people, this body and that body and that body in, in our town, all have lights, and all these little lights are going down an aisle in Myers at the right time. And all these little lights are going through the McDonald's drive-thru, one at a time. And this little light is joined by an army of light. I'm telling you, I to, this blazing fire of ours, we ought to change that song. We ought to have the kids' ministries shouting it out, man, we, we are a blazing light when we're together. Everybody say together. Together. With. Everybody say with. You don't have to be the only light. You just need to be a light. God takes the little lights and he puts them where they need to be. So if you feel like you need to head to the Legacy Center and just stop the middle schoolers from tearing the place down, you okay? Uh, We need help there this week, by the way. They're asking for help. We need adults there. If you feel like you need to just go and call somebody or have lunch with somebody, take your light, do your thing. And if you could see it from heaven, God provides light. The wonder of a star. And then the birth of Jesus demands a response. You can't You can't help but to see in the story of Christmas, the wonder of a star, that it shows up and automatically wise men from the east have to make a choice. Are we going to go? Are we going to search this out? Herod has to make a choice. Who is this? I'm king. Who's this new king? Mary and Joseph have to decide. The wonder of a star is the birth of Jesus, and it demands a choice from each of us. So God, what do I need? Eyes to see, wisdom to search, courage to follow, and finally, guide me to bow down and worship. What is your response this morning? Have you responded to this Jesus, this King of the Jews, but more than that, this Savior of the world, this God with us? The Magi worship not For what he had done. Don't you find it amazing. That the magi traveled from the east. They went to Jerusalem. Because they thought this baby king. Would be in in the capital. They thought the baby king. Would be in the castle. They thought the baby king. Would be in the throne room. So they showed up there. And he's not there. So they follow the star to bethlehem now if i'm magi and i'm a rich wise teaching priest and i came all the way from babylon babylon and persia and i made all this journey found out this baby was born and he's not in the capital and i go to bethlehem have you been there anybody else been to bethlehem i've been to bethlehem it's still not that impressive it's a tiny town and it's just outside and not too far from jerusalem but it's you know the bible says eh, you bethlehem can you imagine the wise men have to make their way there going, how come the stars over here it should be over Jerusalem? And they go and they see this child. His parents are rich. He's not from stock. We came to worship him, but that's what he is. The wise men had a choice to make. Some wise men would say, eh, we're out of here. But these wise men bowed down and worshiped a child in Bethlehem, not because of anything he had done. Think about that for a second. He had done nothing. And I'm sorry, but the no crying he made, baloney. He was crying, needing food, needing change. He needed everything. He's a child. And they show up and they see this child who's done nothing. Nothing. And yet they choose to worship him, not for what he could do, but for who he was. They had eyes to see, wisdom to search for more, courage to follow, and then they were guided to make a choice. Have you made your choice today? Are you bowing down to worship him? Herod chose to worship himself, his accomplishments, what he acquired. What about us? Do we see more than this world? How do you see it today? Do you have the humility needed to bow down and worship Jesus? God, give me eyes to see. Grant me wisdom to search for more. Grow in me courage to follow and guide me to bow down and worship. That's the wonder of Christmas. That's the wonder of a star. God has not left us without light. He's still guiding us. Amen. Amen. Tracy, would you bring your team up? We're going to pray and close out today and they're going to sing for us that Christmas day song. I hope you're okay with us doing Christmas and joy. It'll come. It'll come. Maybe next week we'll be ready for more. Appreciate having the Maddox clan now. We've got a new singer today stepping up with us. That's Tracy's son, Owen. Tracy's aunt. So we've got the whole Maddox thing going on here. It's a blessing. Owen's aunt. (laughs) What now? I'm Owen's aunt. Yeah, Owen's aunt, not Tracy's aunt. It's Tracy's sister. Did I say it wrong? Come on, people, just pretend that I don't make mistakes. I love love having a church like, no, pastor, you're stupid, okay? (laughs) That's all right, that's all right. Let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. And as I do that, let me remind you, if you'd like to pick up any of those things. Now, men, if all you bought for your wife is a vacuum or a kitchen tool, go get something, okay? Take something nice from there, give it to your wife. Uh, But let's make sure we take care of those things. It would be tremendously helpful to our Women's Ministry Fund to recoup that. Uh, And then if you want to give going forward, let's make sure we do that to Oakwood Cares. And we'll continue to meet needs. Amen? Hey, do this this week. Take your little light and let it shine. Take your little light and go out there. And if your little light happens to go find a bunch of other lights from another clan, it's okay. It's okay if your little light's with uh, my friends that Firmly Rooted, it's okay for little lights serving uh, like we did. The men yesterday were down at United Methodist Church, downtown Oxford, serving breakfast. Little lights, it's okay. It's okay. I don't think heaven's going to have uh, light sections, right? It's not like Menard where you're going to have Oakwood lights and then Methodist lights. I think we're all going to be lights, right? So it's okay. Go out there and let your light shine this week. He gave us the star to point the way. You get to be a light to point people to him. Now, may God's face shine upon you. May he give you peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be looking for the signs. Thank you for a star that tells us you're a God who points us in the right direction. Give us the humility it takes to follow and help us to bow down and worship you. Help us to give up our crowns. Help us to give up our thrones and help us to be yours. Thank you for the story and the the wonder of Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless.